You are listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews with experts and others about human rights and international humanitarian law. On Human Rights is broadcast from the Ralph Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights and International Humanitarian Law in Lund, Sweden. I'm Sandra Jacobsen. This podcast is presented to you by Michael McAquin, a visiting researcher at the Institute and whose focus lies within post-colonial perspectives on human rights. Michael recently attended a regional meeting for the UN's International Decade for People of African Descent in Geneva. And we sat down to talk more about the decade and why it's important. Enjoy. The regional meeting was about the International Decade for People of African Descent that began in 2015 and will be going on until 2024. So I was there. I had actually helped... um, uh, develop the the program uh, for the uh, meeting and I also co-organized an international delegation of civil society representatives from Europe and the US to attend the meeting with a joint agenda um, of policy recommendations uh, to the UN and member states and also um, we also met with UN officials at, at the at the meeting and presented our own uh, statements. So what was the purpose of the conference? Well, the purpose of the conference um, was for uh, civil society to um, voice its concerns within the framework of the decade and also to uh, come with uh, proposals to make statements uh, and, and, and policy uh, proposals um, and for civil society uh, to, uh, to, to meet and uh, also then for uh, member states to be there, member state representatives, and to get an opportunity to listen to civil society and uh, hopefully take on board uh, some uh, concrete uh, um, measures. And so the, uh, the, the, the conference is supposed to uh, um, result in an outcome document with, with recommendations that can be use as an advocacy tool and hopefully some of those measures will also end up in the uh, um, Human Rights Council, for instance. What was the highlights, you could say, from it? Well, the highlights, I think, for for me and the highlights, I would think, for our delegation was that it uh, offered an opportunity for us as civil society representatives to to meet and to uh, discuss common uh, concerns and to try to find ways of of working together uh, and to uh, to organize and to mobilize uh, at the UN level and uh, internationally i think uh, that was the uh, biggest takeaway and then um, there are also some things at the UN level that uh, are in the pipeline uh, that were was also on the agenda at the conference, and that is, uh, for example, there's going to be a declaration uh, for the um, promotion and f- 
um, full protection of human rights of people of African descent, uh, which is supposed to be ready in October um, next year. And so um, the meeting was also an opportunity for us to meet with the chair of the intergovernmental working group that is going to be responsible for drafting this declaration and to discuss how we can, you know, collaborate and and so on around the drafting process. And so what would you say uh, are the biggest human rights challenges uh, in Europe? In Europe, and this is this is one of the reasons why the decade is needed, is that uh, in Europe, and this is not only true of Europe, but is true of the entire Western world and uh, many other parts of the world, is that uh, people of African descent uh, tend to be the uh, the either the most discriminated against group or among the most discriminated against uh, groups and the groups that are uh, both most discriminated against in in employment um, um, in 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 law enforcement and uh, housing and so forth also tend to be most marginalized and disempowered in uh, society in um, Uh, Europe um, is usually people of African descent and Roma people that come up with the worst statistics in most areas. Um, and in throughout the Americas, in, um, in, in Latin America and North America, um, it tends to be uh, uh, people of African descent and indigenous people. And if you look at Latin America, for instance, people of African descent are often even more discriminated against than indigenous people. So that is one reason for why the decade is is, is needed. Even here in Sweden, um, uh, you know, there have been many studies that uh, show that uh, people of African descent in Sweden are also uh, probably the most discriminated against or one of the most discriminated against groups And in Sweden, this is clear, for instance, when it comes to hate crimes and especially violent hate crimes where people of African descent are uh, most subjected to such hate crimes. There is this um, reportage done by the Swedish television that that had a big uh, thing about Afrophobia. They discussed how how hate crimes against black people were the most common hate crime in Sweden. So I was thinking, how how are the decade? What is the purpose of it? How can it help yes. to change yes. this situation? Yes, very good. So the decade uh, has the theme of recognition, justice, and development, and the recognition part is. Um, to encourage uh, member states and the UN itself to uh, try to, um, in through various means such as data collection and uh, education, to raise the awareness, public awareness of the, you know particular situation of people of African descent, uh, the particularly both the particularly vulnerable situation of people of African descent, but also, and this is another reason for the decade, is that people of African descent have um, 
in general, a very particular history too. Uh, in the diaspora, uh, if you look at uh, throughout the Americas, uh, most people of African descent are uh, descendants of enslaved Africans. And so you've got histories of enslavement, you've got histories of colonialism, and uh, all that these uh, histories entail in terms of systematic uh, discrimination and, 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 and gross violation of, of human rights. Um, and so we've both got uh, a particular vulnerability uh, together with a particular history and its and its uh, contemporary consequences, and so that is that is the recognition part, right? And this is, for instance, not properly reflected in history books, you know, and and the um, and also the the uh, way people of African descent and Africans tend to be um, portrayed. Uh, of course, is maybe often a little better than it used to be, but still, you know, not portrayed in a way that is perhaps fair and accurate. And it might still be the case that uh, the way history is written in history books uh, in, in, in primary and secondary schools are uh, still perhaps, or not perhaps, but still at least to some extent uh, Eurocentric, right? Uh, and so these sorts of things need to change. And so that is the recognition part. Then there's the justice part, and the justice part has two elements. Both uh, people of African descent around the world, and this is something that was highlighted or is highlighted by the Black Lives Matters movement, uh, that people of African descent tend to be particularly vulnerable to racial profiling, uh, police abuse, state violence. And here in Europe, they are, um, you know, um, it seems to be the clearly be the case that when it comes to detention centers uh, along the Mediterranean border in Europe, uh, people of African descent are most subjected to abuse of various kinds and violence and, uh, and so forth. So, so when it comes to equality before the door, uh, law, which of course is a fundamental uh, principle of any liberal democratic society, uh, people of African descent are not... Uh, equal before the law. So there needs to be, uh, you know, there needs to be an enforcement of justice when it comes to uh, uh, that. Um, uh, people of African descent need to be able to enjoy equality before the law as uh, everyone else. So that is one aspect. But then also justice in terms of creating, uh, you know, um, to promote justice uh, with respect to the grave historical injustices, the crimes against humanity as they have been defined by the UN, such as enslavement and uh, uh, systematic racial discrimination uh, um, and the, con the, the, the consequences of these histories in the present that uh, uh, put people of African descent in a unjust 
circumstance and that injustice with historical roots needs to be rectified. So uh, there needs to be uh, justice in that sense too. And then development is merely to say, well, uh, you know, uh, is to develop the or to promote the rights of people of African descent in you in employment, in education, in healthcare, in housing, um, and so forth. So that is the theme of the decade. And so then um, um, one of the uh, one of the main objectives of the decade is for member states to follow this this theme and the official program for the decade uh, and then also then to develop and implement a comprehensive national action plans of policy measures for uh, the human rights of people of African descent. Mm. What you're talking about are uh, structures that need to be recognized and changed. It's going to take a lot of work and the decade has a lot to do. What would you say will be the most important thing for the decade to keep in mind when working with this? What is like the key thing that they must change? Yes. Well, you know, unfortunately, um, there have been very little state recognition of the de- decade, right? So the decade has a trust fund for it, for example. And so far, there's only one member state in the world that has donated to this trust fund, and that is Russia. So, uh, and then in terms of officially recognizing the, the the decade, there's been very little of that in Europe. Um, it's so far only, I think it's Netherlands and Germany and I believe also Switzerland that has, uh, have officially marked the decade, right? Launched it and so forth. Uh, but has not followed it up with much in terms of like concrete measures. So on the member state level, there's very little going on. And unfortunately, I don't think there's all that much that will, uh, you know, happen on the state level. Unfortunately, this is actually, I think, even a bit tragic. But at the UN level, uh, a part of the official program of the decade is that there's going to be a declaration for the promotion and uh, full protection of human rights of people of African descent. That is going to be one result of the decade. Another result of the decade is that there is going to be established a a forum for people of African descent, an annual forum um, of two or three days where people of African descent, uh, civil society representatives, uh, can uh, meet and uh, and, and, and consult the UN and consult member states on um, issues of concern uh, of people of Af- for people of African descent. And so I think these two things is uh, going to be uh, hopefully a concrete outcome of the decade, which I'm hoping then is going to further empower people of African descent in the long run. So, you know, we'll we'll see, you know, I I don't want to, I I want to, uh, of course, be hopeful and so forth. And I'm hoping that member states will, will, um, uh, you know, uh, will, will 
pick up the ball, so to speak, and will do more and and recognize the decade more and people of African descent more. But so far, we have seen hardly anything of that. Very little, too little. And why is that? You think? I think it's a part of the problem. I think uh, um, the you know, if you call it. Um, Some want to call it Afrophobia. This is a term that uh, is uh, also the the UN is promoting this term. The UN Working Group of Experts of People of African Descent uses this term. Um, and it has become a very common term, term even here in Sweden. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I, I think it's a... It's a, a a good good term uh, because you know it's a a, a shorthand uh, for a, a problem and it it uh, brings recognition saying that there's certain forms of racism uh, that affects people of african descent that is similar to say you know um, s- certain other forms of racism against muslims for instance but uh, it's also maybe a risk that um, to oversight Ecologize uh, the issue of of anti-black racism, which is another term, uh, and I think that um, why member states are not recognizing people of African descent is that uh, is is because of 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 Afrophobia. They don't they don't take uh, they don't take the lives of people of African descent in general as as seriously. You know they don't they don't. Uh, see and recognize and see the need to do something about the situation of people of African descent. I think it's as simple as that, actually. And, uh, you know, that uh, might be a bit harsh, but unfortunately, I think it's true. But if we could uh, change this with example, the declaration, what kind of, um, what parts in the declaration do you think would be necessary to change this problem like how could the declaration help the uh, the issue yes well so the declaration is not drafted yet and um, however i'm um, myself and some others we are uh, organizing uh, you know a civil society international civil society network Uh, to be very involved as involved as we can in the drafting process, uh, and uh, w- exactly what w- will uh, need to be a part of the declaration, uh, this is something that we will have to uh, discuss. But uh, there are certain things I think uh, that uh, we already now can say, uh, you know, for sure should be a part of the declaration, and one is. Uh, to push for uh, collective recognition, that is to say, collective rights. And if you look at uh, the um, uh, at at the UN Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People, uh, which was a result of uh, two decades, uh, UN decades uh, for Indigenous people, uh, it was uh, that declaration added to other previous human rights uh, declarations uh, or instruments, uh, including, of course, conventions, by claiming that indigenous peoples should be understood as people with the right 
with collective rights and most importantly the right to self-determination, uh, including then um, uh, with respect to cultural integrity and, and, and so forth. Uh, now, um, I don't think people of African descent should have collective rights in the same sense that indigenous people have collective rights. For one, you know, people of African um, descent uh, don't share a common uh, culture uh, in the sa same sense, but there are good reasons uh, for people of African descent to have collective rights to protect people of African descent against racial discrimination. Uh, and for this reason, I also think that the declaration should include Africans and people of African descent uh, because uh, um, with, resp with, with respect to racial discrimination, I don't think that it uh, makes much sense to make any, you know, um, uh, make, make, make um, too much of a distinction between people of African descent and Africans. Um, so why is that, you think? Well, I think uh, uh, both uh, Africans and people of African descent are, uh, you know, black, quote-unquote, or without quotes, and, um, uh, and are subjected to the same forms of Afrophobia, Uh, and this is true on the national levels and even within the continent of Africa. I think what we are seeing now in Libya, for instance, is an example of Afrophobia, if you will, but that is and is taking place on the continent. Uh, and then also, of course, I think Africans and people of African descent uh, share a lot of commonalities in terms of uh, history, uh, colonialism, uh, enslavement, and uh, the, you know, um, racist stereotyping and being a part of a um, racial stratification or hierarchy that uh, is very international, even global in its uh, scope. Um, And then also there are the needs, I think, also to, uh, it, because uh, the the cultural expressions of uh, Africans and people of African descent have been in similar ways very denigrated, uh, for instance. And so there is also, I think, the need to um, even, um, you know, honor uh, the cultural expressions of Africans and people of African descent. And so, yeah, I think there are quite a few reasons why they, it doesn't make sense to, to have a declaration that is only about people of African descent and that would exclude Africans from it, especially if it's a declaration that is supposed to fight racial discrimination. I don't see that that makes much sense. You're one of many who is taking part in this discussion. What other what other partners, uh, what other people are working on this draft? Yes. Well, so we have formed an international uh, uh, network around this, and the network uh, will be uh, will 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 grow. Um, and so far, you know, there are partners both uh, in partners in 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 Europe and the U.S. in the U.S. Uh, There is, uh, for example, members of the Black Lives Matters movement that are involved in this. Um, for instance, one of the three founders of the Black Lives Matters movement, uh, Opal Tometi, uh, also 
the uh, movement for black lives which is one of the two uh, big uh, organizations that uh, grew out of the black lives matters movement uh, and uh, tenjiwa macharis who is a, a member or you know founding member of that uh, organization and also the leadership um, conference that uh, is an umbrella organization with i think over 200 uh, members uh, member organizations and that uh, sakira cook from the leadership uh, conference and myself were the two people that organized this delegation to go to this regional uh, meeting last week and so we are uh, you know in the process of developing a network of both civil society civil society representatives or representatives from civil society organizations and also um academics and um other grassroots activists uh, to work on a declaration uh, together um and we were actually advised by Kenneth Deer and Chief Littlechild who were uh, two uh, key people behind the uh, Uh, drafting of the declaration for the rights of indigenous people that we as civil society representatives we should draft our own declaration instead of leaving it up to member state representatives to draft the declaration uh, and that we should come to every meeting with our own uh, declaration so we are in the process of doing this and building strategies and capacities around this uh, and then uh, the um, uh, there's going to be a, 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 a draft declaration is going to be decided on by the intergovernmental working group for the effective implementation of the Durban declaration and program of action and this is going to this decision is going to take place uh, in October uh, next year and then from then from there on uh, it's unsure what will happen next but i guess the next step is that it's going to go to the general assembly and so forth so we are uh, going to be as involved as is possible mm. in this process as a final uh, final question why do you think the decade and this declaration is important oh i think is tremendously important uh, for at least three reasons one i've already mentioned right and that is that it is it is very much needed both in terms of you know in terms of recognition justice and development for people of african descent is is very much needed i would also say that uh, it is not only needed from the perspective of people of african descent um i would also say it is needed from the perspective of um universal human rights in general uh, or what i would say the integrity rather rather of universal human rights if you consider that uh, equality and non-discrimination are fundamental human rights principles that are uh, embodied in article 1 and 2 of the universal declaration and are the only two human rights and human rights principles that are part and parcel of all other uh, human rights and considering also that uh, race 
is the first ground of discrimination that is mentioned in Article 2 of the Universal Declaration and that there are more universal human rights instruments against racial discrimination than any other ground of discrimination and that people of African descent suffer more racial discrimination probably than any other group. I think the very integrity of universal human rights um, depends on the promotion of the human rights of people of African descent. Uh, and then also from the perspective, I would even say, of, of, of humanity, of, of uh, you know, creating um, national and international orders based on equality and justice and peace and sustainability, uh, I think uh, uh, to, 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 to include uh, fully uh, the dignity and respect and honor the dignity of people of African descent and, and, and fully include people of African descent in, in, in a common humanity, if you will, is crucial. In, you know, for, for uh, these uh, things, um, uh, equality, non-discrimination, justice, peace, and sustainability. I really do think so. So I think it's, it's, uh, the decade is very important. And the decade, of course, is also an opportunity to, for people of African descent to, to, uh, to promote uh, their or our, uh, if you will, interests and uh, um, concerns and so forth, because we, of course, have very, uh, it's very difficult for us to do this without, uh, just by ourselves. So the decade is 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 a vehicle, if you will, uh, to um to use it is is a is a tool is it's an instrument uh, to be used uh, so i think the decade is very important uh, unfortunately there are very few people that are even aware of the decade uh, much less uh, people that uh, uh, understand and recognize its importance that was Michael McEachern, a visiting researcher at the Ralph Wallenberg Institute. My name is Sandra Jacobsen and this podcast was brought to you from the Ralph Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights and International Humanitarian Law in Lund, Sweden. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then be sure to check up on our website for more episodes regarding human rights issues. Thank you.